Good morning, church. Happy Easter, blessed Easter, as we gather together on this day, as we remember this Jesus who won the victory over sin, death, and the power of the devil. The Jesus is the one who brings peace and hope and comfort. He, he gives to us the assurance that he is never, ever going to leave us alone. Well, today, as uh, we take this journey into Easter, just so you know, we're going to continue this journey next week and the week after, and we're going to keep celebrating Easter with those themes of how he brings us that peace and comfort and hope and relief. So please come on back and join us as we worship that resurrected Lord. But today is going to be a little bit different of a start because I would like for us to capture the emotions of Holy Week again. If you recall, we left Good Friday and there was a sense of sorrow and grief, um, a sense of uncertainty and unknown. And then we're going to kick into gear and we're going to remember this resurrected Lord who has come for you and for me. Some of the elements that you're going to see and experience will be um, some of our own members reenacting that very first Easter. And in a way, stepping into the story of Easter. And what I would like to do is to challenge you and, and me to step into the story of Easter. Kind of go through that emotion of the grief and the sorrow and the joy of being in Jesus and with Jesus. But I want you also, maybe if you haven't ever before, is to take Easter personally. For many years, I... I thought Easter was all about candy and ham and the Easter bunny. But there's much more to it. It is a personal relationship with Jesus, one that is eternal. And if that is something that's kind of foreign to you, you've never heard that before, um, listen to the story today. And then give us a call or contact us on Facebook or at our website. We'd love to talk with you about what it's like to be with Jesus. Well, I'd like to share with you something that uh, I was thinking, uh, it was like yesterday afternoon. The emotions of what's going on in our world today with this COVID-19 and some of the emotions that were happening with the disciples 2,000 years ago. I have this entitled, Then and Now. People secluded, feeling alone, uncertainty abounds. What, when, why? Tension building, anxiety consumes, hard to breathe. Will I survive? Life hangs in balance, panic stricken. All is lost, will I die? Heart torn in two, what am I to do? Jesus rises to my occasion, hope renewed, peace restored, life forever, never alone. Amen. Oh, sacred head now by others? I thought you went to the tomb. Well, I did, but when I got there, the stone, it had rolled away. What? 
What? Oh, Peter, they have taken away our Lord, and we don't know where they've laid him. <laughs> At once, Peter and John ran to the tomb. John outran Peter. Peter was still in deep pain for deserting and denying his beloved Jesus. He ran with a huge lump of fear, dread, and guilt, tying his stomach into knots. John got to the tomb first. You go in. I'll keep watch. J John! John! I don't understand. The body, it's not here. The, the wrapping for the body, they're over there. But the, the linens around his head, they're over there. I, they brought him. Oh my God, it's all clean. John, get in here, it's clean in here. What, what's, I don't understand. John steps into the tomb, the scene of confusion for Peter, and surveys what Peter has just described to him. He sees the linen wrappings lying there. He sees the cloth strips that had been around Jesus' head are wrapped up neatly in the corner. This is what he meant. This is it. The temple that he was talking about. The third day. This is why he did not fight back. Oh, Peter, don't you see? He doesn't need these linens and cloths. That's why they're still here. Jesus doesn't need them anymore. He raised Lazarus from the dead. Oh, oh, but Peter, you see? But, but he was dead. He was dead. The dead don't come back to life. Oh my, I, I denied him. I left him. What is he going to do to me? What will he do? I can't stand it. I've got to go. I've got to go. Mary remained outside the tomb, even after Peter and John went home. She had not seen what John had seen in faith. She remained outside weeping. After the two men had left, she finally got up enough courage to look inside the tomb. Mary sees two angels sitting where the body of Jesus had been laid. An angel spoke to her. Woman, why are you weeping? They've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. Mary turned around and saw a man she did not recognize. The man spoke to her. Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? You keep grounds here and you're in charge of the garden. And if you've taken him away, then you tell me where you've taken him and I will take him away. Mary. Rabboni! Oh, teacher! Oh, Jesus! Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them that I am going to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary ran. This time there was joy, amazement, faith, hope, and feelings too great for words to begin to describe. The trip was fast. She did not have to breathe. She couldn't. Mary ran so fast that she flew, or she should have flown. The rest of her, her heart, her soul, and her spirit were flying. Nothing could stop her now. She pounded on the door, crying out to all. Open up! Open up! I have seen him! I have seen the Lord! And he is alive! Let us begin today's service by greeting one another with that ancient Easter greeting. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He, he is, is risen, risen indeed. indeed.
years I spent in vanity and pride Caring not my Lord was crucified Knowing not it was for me he died in Calvary By God's word at last my sin I learned Then I trembled at the law I'd spurned Till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary There your mercy and your grace was free There your pardon multiplied to me there my burden so found liberty at Calvary. And now I've given Jesus everything, but I gladly know him as my king. Now my raptured soul can only sing of Calvary. pardon multiplied to me there my burdens so found liberty at Calvary there your mercy and your grace was free there your pardon multiplied to me there my burdens so found drew salvation's plan oh the grace that brought it down to man oh the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary yeah. there your mercy and your grace was free there your pardon multiplied to me resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you go back to the, the story that we just heard a moment ago, there were a couple different reactions to the resurrection. If you recall, Mary had more question marks than anything. Peter was, had an exclamation mark like, oh my goodness, what did I do if this is true? But there was John. He embraced that resurrection right away, and you could see and feel the joy. Where are you at? As you think about the resurrection, as you think about the meaning and significance in your life and in my life, are we embracing that resurrection? Do we know for certain that what Jesus did 2,000 years ago is for me, is for you? That, to me, is the difference between 
following a religion and being in a relationship. This Jesus desires to walk with you, to hold you, to embrace you, to help you get through all sorts of things. But ultimately, he came to deal with the sin that you, you and me both deal with all the time. But he came to take care of it once and for all on Calvary. So let's pray and thank him for his goodness. Oh, good and gracious, Jesus, you are that resurrected Lord, but yet you're also a friend. You come to us wherever we are right now, and you say uh, and speak words of peace and hope and comfort. Uh, you, you give us a sense that we're, we're going to be okay, even though we deal with sin, our sin and the sin of others. So may the joy that John experienced, may your spirit give us that same joy that we would live out our life in the light of your resurrection and the hope that we have in you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As we uh, continue in worship, just so you know, if you have any prayer requests that you have that you would like us to include today, uh, you can go to our Facebook page at 1C, and you can put that in those notes, and we will include that a little bit later in our worship and prayer time. Thank you.
Hey, good morning, Harold. I see you're checking out the grocery ads for Easter dinner. Good morning to you, Alvin. I am, as you can see, I have my copy of Super Savior, and I'm putting together my Easter dinner. I've got my ham, I've got my dinner rolls, I got my cheesy potatoes. You oh. know I love cheesy potatoes. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, you know, but some, I'm troubled. I keep looking through this ad, and I'm thinking, isn't Easter more than food and Easter dinners, isn't it? Right, right, because everybody knows Easter is when the tricks rabbit comes out of his hole, and then, and then if he sees his shadow. Whoa, right there. Stop right there. Um, yeah, you're right. Okay. You know, everybody's probably well aware of all those details. We don't need to go over all that. I am sure everybody is well aware of those details. So let's talk about the real reason of Easter, which is Jesus. Sorry, did you just say Cadbury eggs? I thought you just said Cadbury eggs. Well, let's say I did. Would that be a weird answer? Oh my. Yes, that would not only be weird, it would be completely wrong. Cadbury eggs, they're not the reason for Easter. I, oh dear, I can't believe that I even said that. Uh, okay, well, all right. maybe they're not the reason for Easter. Like, like maybe they're not reason number one. But they're at least reason number 1A, right? We no. can agree on that. No, yeah. not right. No, we can't agree on that. Listen, Cadbury eggs probably are not even in the top 20 reasons for Easter. Cadbury eggs are just overrated. <gasps> Harold, watch your mouth. Oh, okay. All right. I'll, I'll be careful. So I got an idea. Why don't we try to explain the context for Easter? What do you think, Alvin? Can we do that? Um, I really didn't prepare much beyond the whole Cadbury egg thing. Oh, well, then let's do the best we can to try to piece this together. Want to? Okay. Yeah, okay. so go ahead. Um, it's usually in spring. Good. It's always in the spring. Okay. Um, eggs. Eggs. Eggs are typically involved. Oh, yes. Eggs are always involved. That's true. Um, but I'm thinking, could we go a little deeper than that? Um, Easter is when you go up to somebody's door, you ring the doorbell and yell, egg or treat, and then they put eggs in your basket. No, it's, oh, it's not that either. You know what you're doing there? You took Halloween and you took Easter and you put them together. That's really clear. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. <sighs> you wake up Easter morning, and if you've been bad, they put an egg in there instead of instead of coal or no they put coal in instead of an egg that's right yeah nope nope that's not that's not what happens um they who's the they you're referring to um the easter claws saint patrick's day hog <sighs> no can i take it from here let me try just explain easter is that yeah, okay? yeah i think that's probably best is that okay yeah all right so easter is this time of year when Winter is receding. It's had the landscape kind of in its grip. It's been cold. It's been dark. It's been death. But it's beginning to let go, and things are beginning to bloom, and things are beginning to blossom. And hope is finding its way back in. And so there's this movement from spring, from winter into spring. And in the same way that that happens in the physical world, it's happening in the spiritual realm as, as well, infinitely more so. It's not about Cadbury eggs, it's not about Easter dinners, and it's not about new outfits. It's about Jesus who rose from the dead, took on our sin, our sin, freed us from that. Our very souls begin to bloom and blossom. And that because of that, we're never separated from God. And Jesus, and because of Jesus, we are never, ever alone. That is the hope of Easter, Alvin. Wow. That and or Cadbury eggs. <sighs> well, or if you're a connoisseur of good Easter candy, Reese's eggs. Oh, here we go. Uh-huh. Here we go.
I have to admit, I've never really met an angel, but if they were like that, I would be very disappointed. <laughs> Goofy, right? But you heard the message at the end, right? What Easter is all about. It's about Jesus, and it's about all that he's done for us. Well, I would like to take you on a journey as we look into the scriptures, but before I do that, I want to take you back about 25, 26 years ago. Um, the Thielen family, we were living in West Allis, Wisconsin, and we were living in a, uh, what's called a parsonage, which is, it's a house that's owned by the church, and it was just a couple doors down from the church itself, so uh, my, my commute was by walking, you know, I, I could do that. Well, one day I was in my office at church, and all of a sudden, Kristen calls me up. And she says, you need, you need to get here. Um, Justin is just beside himself. Can you, can you come over? And I'm, I dropped everything, and I made my way over there. And, you know, I go into the living room, and Kristen and Justin are sitting there. And um, Justin is just kind of blubbering everything, and I couldn't understand what he was saying. He was like, <laughs> Finally, I just said, hey, hey, why don't you show me? So he takes my hand, and we walk out the door, and we make our way to the front of the church, and he brings me over to a, a window well, and as tears are streaming down his face, he's pointing down there, and I see, I think there were six little bunnies. And I could now understand what was so upsetting. So I said, you know, Justin, do you, do you want to get those bunnies out? <laughs> I said, okay, let's go. So I t we went into the front of the church. I opened up the door. We went downstairs by the, by the window well. And we opened up the door, and I, the, the window. And I said, do you want to go in there? Do you want to get the bunnies out? And he's just crying. And so I pick him up. You know, he was uh, five, maybe six years old at the time. Put him into the window well. And the bunnies are just kind of running all around. And when he got his hands on the very first bunny, he kind of held it closely to him like this. And he walked over, and I took him out. And we went over. And for some reason, he knew right where the bunny hole was, which led me to wonder how the bunnies got into the window well. But that's another story. So he... We come back, and we go through this six times total. And when we're all done, and the last bunny is put back into the hole, he just breaks down with even more tears. Now it's not tears of worry, but now it's tears of joy that they're back. Now in my ministry of 30 years, I've told this story probably three times. Every time when I think about that moment, I cannot help but think about the heart of God, the Father, and his son, Jesus. He does not want a single person to perish. He wants all to be part of his family. And he is willing to do whatever he has to do to make that happen. And if it's the sending of his son, that's what he's going to do because he loves people like you and me. Well, I would uh, bring you now into the journey as we look into the scriptures. Now, we heard the gospel account, at least acted out um, in the beginning of the service. But I want to bring you now a little further into the New Testament. I want to take you to, the, to 1 Corinthians. The Apostle Paul writes a letter to the church in Corinth. He is trying to encourage them in their faith and life as believers in Jesus. And I want to have us pause for a moment. And hear these words. This is what, again, Paul was writing. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures that he was buried. Okay, so we have that. And I just want to point out those words in red. The word died and Buried sound past tense. And that's exactly what Paul said in the Greek. These are events that took place once and that was it. That was back then. But now he shifts gears and he's going to use a different tense in Greek. 
when he gets to the next descriptive phrase. So he goes like this. That he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Now, at first glance, it looks the same. All right? Yeah, he died, he was buried, and he was raised. That sounds all past tense. But no. In fact, when Paul is writing this letter to the church in Corinth, he uses a different tense for the word raised. It is this present passive tense. Now, what does this mean? If we were to read this with its entirety in mind, Paul would say, yes, Jesus died, he was buried, but he was raised, and the power of the resurrection continues and continues and continues and continues and continues. It never stops. It's not just an event. It's not just a moment 2,000 years ago. The power of the resurrection is every day, every moment, every breath. That's what he was trying to say to Corinth. I think that's what he's trying to say to us today, that the resurrection has meaning and significance and power even today. So, as we go further in the letter, you can kind of get the, the feeling of that. He goes into this little litany about how Jesus appeared and, and shown himself to different people. I just have the list there. He appeared to Cephas, who was Peter, remember? Then to the twelve, to more than 500 brothers at one time, to James, to all the apostles, and to Paul. So he's kind of going down a list and saying, yeah, this Jesus... Yeah, he was raised on the third day, but he just continues in his resurrection power as he is appearing to all kinds of people. And I would like to say it this way. If Paul were here, maybe he would join me in what I have as the theme of this message, is that Jesus is still rising to the occasion. Yeah, he is still rising to the occasion. Every occasion. Any occasion. He desires to be a part of whatever is going on. Now, I do find it interesting that in the list that we have from Paul, he names three different people in that list. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this. I haven't necessarily over all these years. But this time it caught me off guard. He names Peter, he names James, and then he names himself. So what kind of company are these three that he's identifying? Well, let's go here. Peter, wasn't he the one that denied Jesus three times? James, wasn't he the one on that Monday Thursday just not so long ago when they were fighting, James and others, were about who is more important and who is more prominent? And then Paul, well, we know Paul's story, right? Once upon a time, he was known as Saul. And his ministry, his mission was to kill Christians, not proclaim Christ. So Paul puts these three together, and I do believe so, so that people like you and me, maybe we can come to this realization, this understanding that we're in some pretty good company or bad company. I'm not sure how we want to say it. Because in many ways, we are just like Peter, just like James, just like Paul. In fact, Paul goes into a little bit more, and he talks about the unworthiness. He says, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. I mean, he knew that his sin was great. He knew that he really deserved separation from God forever. But then he shares something. I hope you know this. I hope you know this. No matter what kind of world and life you have lived up until now, if there's hope for Peter, James, and Paul, there's hope for people like you and me. He says this, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. So yes, there is this thing called sin that makes us unworthy and deserving of death and separation from God forever. But then there's this other thing called grace. It's what only God could provide. This grace makes us worthy. It's his grace that loves us. 
It's his grace that takes us out of darkness and brings us into light. It's the grace of God that even though we go through tough times, nothing will separate us from his love. No matter what, the grace of God is more profound and greater than sin. I hope you understand that. I hope you know that, not just in your head, but in your heart. And if you've been going through your life all the way up until now, and you've been wondering, like, like for me, I wasn't worth it. I really felt as if all the things that I had done in my rebellion towards God, there's just no way that God would want somebody like me. But then finally, God spoke. And I heard. He was speaking all along. I was just doing this thing. Here are some words for us to consider today on Easter 2020. And once again, Paul is writing, and he's writing to the church in Rome. He says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, absolutely nothing. And when I replay the whole Easter story in my head, and I could picture the enemy, Satan himself, thinking, all right, this is good. Jesus was died, you know, died on a cross. He was placed into a tomb, and it's over. But then on the third day, his resurrection. And then, Today, April 12, 2020, the resurrection. You see, the power of the resurrection is what changes and transforms everything. I know there's a, a danger for us to sit back and say, well, COVID-19 changed everything. No, it didn't. It may have changed us financially, maybe changed relationships, or maybe we lost a job and maybe we don't know about our health. I mean, all those different things, yes, but the one thing it didn't change is God's love for us. And nothing will ever separate us from him. So, I want to give you the invite again. If you have never put your trust in Jesus wholeheartedly, if maybe all of these things happening recently have broken you down and you're wondering where to turn, I want to pray a prayer, but I also want to encourage you, encourage you to make your way to us and give us a call. Send us a message. We'd love to talk to you about this incredible love through Jesus. Let's pray. Oh, good and gracious God, we come to you and uh, this whole story of your love for us, it just, it blows our mind. We get that we're unworthy. We get that we are far from you. But give me the faith to understand and to believe that your love and grace is greater than my sin. So Lord Jesus, we come before you today. Whether we've come before you for the hundredth time or for the first time, we come before you and say, Lord, Lord, I need you. I, I need your presence. I need your resurrection power. I need to be reminded again that nothing will separate me from your love. Nothing. And then, Lord Jesus, as a result of that, we're going to sing our Easter alleluias. Today and tomorrow, until we get to be with you in heaven. So thank you for being at work. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Heard about this baby boy who came to earth to bring us joy. Again we come to sing this song for you. But that's not where your story ends. You'd give your life to make amends. With every breath we're singing, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. A sinless life you would live and teach Apostles 12 often hard to reach Your love for them was to the very end Disciples held a worldly view Of a kingdom that would come through you Betrayal with a kiss So oh, hallelujah 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. A crown of thorns on your head was placed, mocked and flogged to show disgrace. The cross you bore was burdened with our shame. Our sins would drive those nails in you. That rugged cross was our cross too. Still every breath you drew was hallelujah. 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 This was all God's perfect plan to take away the sins of man, fulfilling promises spoken long ago. His spirit he placed in the Father's hands and darkness fell across the land. He cried out, it is finished, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. To his grave when the third day came to move the stone and bless the slain, oils and spice would anoint their fallen friend. But as they went to move the stone, they realized they were not alone. For Jesus Christ has risen. Hallelujah. 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 Gracious God, we lift up our prayers to you on this glorious day. Prayers for Ashley's grandma as she is waiting to have surgery next week to replace her pacemaker. Prayers that she is able to stay healthy and that they do not have to push her surgery back. For all those making decisions regarding our health and economy, may you grant them the wisdom to know what to do and keep us all safe and financially stable. For surgery on Tuesday, for the medical staff and all who assist, and protection from the virus. 
for our daughter who is struggling and her family is concerned for her safety. For my husband who fell and has fractured ribs and is need, in need of healing. Please ease our pain and missing our son who was taken into heaven this year and can't be with us. For anyone suffering from anxiety and depression, may you comfort their souls and give them peace they so desperately need. Continued prayers for John Ray and Luann Bender as they battle cancer. Grant them strength and courage to get through and bring them closer to your heart. For healthcare workers and everyone on the front line, for all the youth, may this time to be still change them for the better and to grow in their faith. For Dylan, for continued healing after surgery, praises for successful surgery and prayers for his family during this healing time. For my brother-in-law, Chad Swartzik, who has ALS and prayers for all first responders. For our newborn grandbaby, born four, work, four weeks early in the NICU, Prayers for her mommy and daddy and the caring nursing staff who are taking such good care of her. Prayers for our world. For my recovery family and the staff at SOS. Finally, Father, we praise you for the ultimate sacrifice. Without the resurrection, we would all be lost. Heavenly Father, we honor you and we praise you. It is because of today our prayers can rise up to you. Your great sacrifice and love for us have given us new hope and life through the resurrection of your son Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. May we continue to praise him for all that he has done for you, for me, uh, for all of us. He is so good and gracious. Now let me share with you the blessing that comes from our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. The word became flesh and the light shined among us, his glory revealed. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. And rising, he justified. out on a tree and took the nails for me. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. 
My sins far away. 